Welcome to Here We Are, the podcast where we celebrate the beauty of being a nerd by learning about nerdy things from fellow nerds. I'm your host, Joy Blue. After taking a little hiatus in order to move, settle, and rest, I am so excited to be back. Moving forward, I will be releasing episodes as I'm able instead of weekly. This gives me the flexibility to shift publishing to match my freelance work style. All of that to say, today's episode is going to be a fan favorite. I just know it. Bree and I met today's guest in August of 2022 in the heart of London. She is a creative, dynamic, and whimsical human with a love for crafting amazing food. There's so much more I could say about her in this intro, but instead, let me let her speak for herself. Without further ado, here's my friend, Chef Marta Sandini. I'm Marta. I'm Italian and I live in London. I'm just a simple chef who's just trying to make people happy. This is my main goal. And it works. I'm a big fermentation nerd. And I didn't like vinegars until a few years ago. Wait, what do you mean you didn't like them? I didn't like vinegars, fermentation in any of my meals. I discovered them when I moved to Slovenia to work for Isia Franco. And that place introduced me to a different world of food and vinegars. And there I started to realize that that was my missing piece of the puzzle in my taste buds. So the basic framework for cooking I have in my head um, is from Samin Nozrat, where she talks about, you know, salt, fat, acid and heat. So what I just heard you say is you're, you were missing acid. Yes. Brie and I have been on an acid kick for quite a while by incorporating citrus into yes. things. How does it lighten it up? But we haven't played with vinegars yet. So can you tell me more about that moment when your opinion changed? Because it sounds like you were very firm. No vinegars I for me. I was. So what happened is I did a two-week trial on this restaurant. It's one of the 50 best restaurants in the world. Wow. And I had to come up with a dish to convince the chef to work there. And I had a week to study her taste, like to understand what she likes. I don't like copy recipes. Right. I need to own taste. So what happened, just one day, I just found out we had mochas. You know the mochas to make coffee? Yeah. So she asked me for a warm, savory walnut dish. So I thought about coffee. And I don't like coffee. I'm a real fake Italian. I don't drink wine. I don't <laughs> so fake Italian. I don't how, but in my head, coffee was working. And coffee is quite acid, as yeah. a bitter and acid. Um, so in that coffee, I mix the caffeinated coffee with uh, porcini powder oh. into a make a coffee and then I added salt and I made that cheese and walnut milk foam to make kind of a cappuccino what yeah I have no idea how that come up like I have no idea where it was hiding in my head this thing it came out and she put it at the end and she put it on her book wow and put my name on the book so I have it here downstairs it's my name with my own recipe that's amazing and from that moment, I realized I was missing the acid flavor. And then she was just adding a lot of, because there's a lot of pickles and fermentation in Slovenia, because it's East Europe, kind of mm -hmm. North. And so I just started incorporating that. And now I can't live without. Yeah. Um, 
you saw the elderflower vinegar, you saw all my baby jars. Yep. So now I need to have them in every dish, dessert as well. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. So for a little background for our listeners, I met you last August when we happened to stay at the hotel that happened to be next to the restaurant where you were. We were like, I don't know, this looks like fun. We walked in, got seated, and ended up having the literal best food experience I've ever had in my life. I still think about you and talk about you to people all the time. And so I remember walking in and being like, excuse me, what? They're sitting (laughs) us next to this open kitchen. And I'm looking around just seeing all of these jars. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord, I am so excited about this. And I remember just asking like, what are these? I need somebody to tell me about these. And you came out and you had my curiosity from the first moment. So I've I've played around with some ferments. I've done kombucha. I've done a little bit of like home pickling. I do sourdough. And so to see the actual possibilities, like you're not just doing a basic ferment. You're playing with all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. So- Tell me, how did you get started on this fermentation journey? What did you start with and what's been your favorite? So I start with simple vinegars. Um, I got myself a normal fermentation book. Mm-hmm. I read that to understand the basic things. And then I did during lockdown, I was bored. I didn't know what to do. So I discovered a bunch of courses with Harvard University mm-hmm. and like science in cuisine and then fermentation so I took those courses to understand even better all the chemics and all the other weird things around that and I was working in Allegra another restaurant in London and I started to do uh, blackberry vinegars and there was another one of the sous chefs Nick who's now calling me a nouvelle nonna because I don't have a label for myself so he understood that I'm a nouvelle nonna basically Uh uh-huh we were just getting along with all these weirdness and nerdiness about fermentation. Yes. And then he left. So I kept going and I built up like a shelf just for myself, like with peach vinegar, clementine vinegar, burnt clementine vinegar, citrus kombucha, coffee kombucha, maple kombucha, hibiscus kombucha, all different styles that you can use everywhere you want. Mm. And then you have the blackberries, pickled in a blackberries vinegar. So it's... Wow. Giving a second life to a second choice ingredient, kind of. Hmm. I feel that we need to take out the most out of everything. So that's it. My favorite is the elderflower season. So come Why? in. Soon. I love the smell. I love the, like, take me back home. Hmm. Back home, like, uh, I used to go foraging every five minutes or so because I live in the countryside in Italy. So it's just... The smell of the elderflower. I used to make these giant 25 liter jars of <laughs> just cordial because I was going picking and stealing all the flower of the. Yeah. That's and amazing. Just, and then here I realized what if I can do vinegars with that? What if I can do oil with that? So I start to change and have different bunch of everything. That's amazing. Break down for me how you make a vinegar. So you can start with a mother vinegar. Okay. So it's the non-filter that has all the sediment, mm-hmm. uh, apple cider vinegar or 
rice wine vinegar or whatever yeah. and you can start and then you're going to just build the scoby itself so it's a lot like kombucha it's like kombucha but with no sugar basically fascinating so what is it feeding off of i leave the fruit inside so all the sugar is coming from the fruit so the scoby is eating all the sugar from the fruit so every now and then i'm just refreshing everything wow and scobies now are like steaks yeah i believe it and i have a lot of scobies children running around (laughs) (laughs) running around by themselves yeah they just woo And or or the um, easiest way to do it is take like a plain vinegar, which I love the rice wine vinegar because uh-huh. not that punchy. Um, for the peach vinegar and for the elderflower vinegar, I use the rice wine vinegar. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna pause real quick and break down what you just said for folks that don't do ferments. So a SCOBY is like this cellulose disc that kind of looks like floating skin. Yes. And it usually sits at the top of a jar. It's a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast, S-C-O-B-Y. That's why they call it a SCOBY. And basically what the SCOBY is doing is eating sugar out of the mix. And then it is pooping out, for lack of better words, acid. So what we're actually making then is the waste product of the SCOBY. So to keep the SCOBY alive, it needs natural sugars in order to do its digestive uh, job. And then the byproduct of that are these wonderful ferments that you use liberally. Yeah, I use them everywhere. What is the most unexpected place you use it? Sorbet. Really? Oh Yeah, I use... Um, there's a fruit in Italian is Nespole, I think in here or in around the world, it's like loquat. Okay. Okay. Um, so I got a second choice. That means that is not the great first produce, but you have like a second fruit. Um, I didn't want to throw them away and they suggested I should buy them. So I got a box and I did a pop-up with that last year. Um, so I got them all, I skinned them off. So with the skin, I did the vinegar. Um, and then the sorbet was really good, really sweet. And then I decided to add the vinegar to the sorbet. And then because I'm Italian from Veneto region where the grappa is uh-huh. like, and I don't like grappa. So I had a shot of grappa to the a kind of a fogato. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the sorbet was weird. But it was so refreshing because of the acid and the vinegar. And there was no lemon at all. It was just the vinegar. Wow. So then in my head, like a dessert now, now I'm putting maldon salt on a cocoa nibs ice cream because oh. I find a flavor to play with your mind. I need you to stop and think about it. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's like, it's something that you know, but you actually don't know. Yeah, and that's something we we experienced when we ate with you. You gave me the recipe to this magical sauce, and that was the first time I had ever had like a literally mind-blowing flavor experience. At your restaurant, it was on pork, and I remember just eating the pork by itself and then eating the pork with the sauce, and my entire world flipped all at once. Something you came out and told us was, I want you to feel... At home, I want you to feel like 
you're yeah. here with me. And not only did you actually come out and join us for this experience, it did feel like home, but like yeah. well, I knew I it, but I never knew it. Yes. This is what I would like for all the people coming to the restaurant experience. Cause I'm first I'm Italian and I'm coming from a big family. So we love gathered together over a table of food. Yes. But also I'm living with my brother here in London, but I'm spending most of the time in, the, in a kitchen, in a restaurant. And my front of house, my chefs are my family. And so all the people that are coming in, I want you to enter a place and see, oh, this is like, this is very welcoming. This is yeah. like, me feel happy. Yes. If you're happy, I'm double happy. This is, I think the world needs more happiness. Yeah. Something I've observed everywhere I go around the world is that the best things happen around the table, around food. Yeah. It is a gathering place. It is a place where everybody's equal. There's something so valuable about multiple people having a shared experience. And so then you yeah. now have the shared language that goes with that experience. And that's bonding. Yeah. So being able to go to where you were at and experience your humanity next to the amazingness of the food that you served us was ridiculous because what I experienced with you is there's no power distance. You're not some distant chef in the back. Oh, no, no, no. You're with like the people. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I'm going to just tell you something that is very weird. Like I'm, I'm turning 32 this year and it's um, 10 years that I'm around. Mm -hmm. um, I start when I was 21, I moved to Australia. And then China, Italy, Slovenia, briefly New York. And then London is my third time. I've been working in all these places. The food is just not one of the things I remember. Mm. I remember all the people I worked with or I met. Yes. Both of them, I've been inspired to cook or to create something. Because I met so many people from all over the world. And it's just very inspiring knowing them and understand them. I don't really remember the menu I was cooking when I was in Australia, but I do remember Luca and Sophia, the guys I used to work with, or yeah. Jess. There. So I just remember the people. Like, I remember you, and now I made friends with you. Yeah. And that is so powerful. It's like influencing me to cook my food. I love that so much. Like, I <laughs> was honestly shocked when you were like, oh, yeah, here's the recipe. I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> You're a normal human and you're sharing the beauty of your nerd. Yeah, I'm very normal. I'm a people person. I, I need people to survive this world. Uh, I'm, yeah. Man, I'm very happy the way I am. And I don't I love it. <laughs> I, I love it so much. When we met pretty quick, we were like, can we follow you somewhere? How can we support you? And so that's how we ended up being Instagram friends. And then I just, I made the sauce, I sent you a picture, and then I was like, hey, what are you working on right now? And you sent me this whole list of things you're working on right now. <laughs> just for kicks and giggles. What are you working on right now? Like, what has your curiosity? What are you playing with? So now, bear in mind, I don't drink alcohol. Okay. I, I fake Italian. I don't drink. Maybe I'm adopt. I don't know. But I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> you're welcome here. I mm -hmm. like turning things into alcohol. So last year I started in Victoria where you came to eat a hazelnut miso from scratch yes. with a uh, rice koji. And this year I said, well, you know what? 
because the wrestling school naughty piglets make a naughty Nutella. And I don't like chocolate as well. (laughs) It's another fact. I don't like chocolate. So in Italy, we have this chocolate liquor. And here it's illegal to buy 96% alcohol. So I got my mom sent me a bottle. And I infused the chocolate that is uh, 75% chocolate from a very nice brand we're using at the restaurant. Infused that in alcohol for a week. And then I strained that. Smell like chocolate. And then I did something weird. I did the syrup with the hazelnut miso. I wasn't expecting to be that good, just the syrup. So then I strained the syrup, put it together with the, the alcohol. And I said, why not? I should make the chocolate to it. So I just made the chocolate. And now I made these amazing liquors that I have in bottles. And in my head, this can be really working with a condensed milk ice cream, affogato. So I can just use this as a source for the ice cream. Wow. Or recently, I did the scallop ceviche dish with a leche de tigre. And leche de tigre is a recipe from Asia, I guess, maybe, with a lot of sesame oil, citrus, coconut milk, lime leaves, lemongrass, all this stuff. And in my head was about the elderflower season coming up. I'm thinking to do a leche de tigre with the elderflower oil and the elderflower vinegar to go together with strawberry and a scallop ceviche. Wow. So oh, now it's the wild garlic season. So I have oil. I made that wild garlic oil jam. Um, well, well, it's all this stuff that I'm very weird and nerd about. Every day that I can put my hand off something fresh coming if it's forage even better yeah i just at least just starting like the engine is going okay so say you're foraging you find a mushroom an edible mushroom what happens in your brain because it seems like your brain is just like a encyclopedia of all the things and you're like what if what if what if what if or say i just need to find the right draw to pull out like it's yes. heavier and it depends on mushroom because I love foraging and mm-hmm. I love much a lot of mushroom. So in my head, uh, is it's like it, it can even be a song. With a song, I can come up with something as well. If you put on a song now, I will tell you with this song what I what dish I can play. And it, it's weird. I think sometimes I think I'm just crazy. No, I it's think a- you're brilliant. This is what brilliance is made of. This is like and- the ultimate level of creativity. Well, thank you. I'll take that. Because then, so far, I was just thinking I'm crazy. No. And, but yeah, with the mushroom, like, if you have a porcini, it depends on which porcini it is, how old it is, because you can see and you can feel how old it is. It can be a crudo, a simple crudo with lemon oil, salt, and pepper. Mm-hmm. That's it. Or it can be a sauce, a ragu sauce for a pasta, for a risotto. Or now, we are butter poaching the morels for a steak tartare mm. with... Paris champignon crudo with the wild garlic oil jam and pickled wild garlic stem because I don't throw away anything. That's amazing. Your brain feels like the magical place that I want to visit and just sit and watch. Well, you you can come in when you want. It's like a 24-7 run inside here. I'm the same way, but just with different things. What I love celebrating is that thing that people love talking about that makes their whole bodies light up, that makes, you know, 
it might be super niche, it might be super nerdy, but it awakens you, which then has an impact on the people around you. Yeah. I mean, I still can't get over that meal that we had. And that was back in August. It was back in August. Actually, I just told you that seems like a year ago. It was just August. It also seems like just yesterday. Yeah. At the same time. Very confusing. But see, because of food, now you're my friend. I accept. You're my friend. And Lisa as well, because she followed me as well on Instagram. Yeah. We're all here. The see, moment like the people, like the, the importance of people. Yeah. We can't do things without people. We're meant to be in a community. Yeah. Okay. What is something that you want people to try? I would like people to use food as a bonding moment, as a magical place to be. It's not more about the food itself, like the taste. But again, it's because of the people. We need mo more kindness. So I invite people to go foraging together in the forest just because it's beautiful. Yep. And sometimes instead of just looking like at the pavement of down, like down, look up. Yeah. Because just losing a lot of magical moments up there. Like that is the most beautiful part of foraging. Not just discovering and finding the award. There is the mushroom or the leaf or the flower. Sure. It's just the moment itself. It's just, mo it's just little moments. It's not just about food. It's just everything that is around that. I don't mm -hmm. know. It's difficult to explain. No, but, but what I'm hearing you say is it's the magic of being present. Yes. Like be here now. Yes. Like when you're experiencing something new, talk about it. Yes. Like what I heard you say with create a bonding moment with that food is like exactly what Brie and Lisa and I did at your restaurant is we sat there yeah. and we were like, excuse me, what is going on here? And we had a whole discussion about it and it opened yeah, it up avenues for, for us to learn about each other. Exactly. It's not just food. It's the moment itself. It's so like, magical. This is what I'm expecting people to do more in the future. Like, and or... I would like people to do. I'm just going to sit down and have a chat with you or hug you or just talk to you or this is, this is just me being me. Yeah. I have a very similar feeling. I absolutely love having people over and I love cooking and I love providing. I will work all day on food just for fun. But my favorite moment is sitting down and watching people experience what I've made. Yeah. And it is my favorite moment as well when I'm in the kitchen, like, Example, now I, now I have a tiramisu as a dessert. There is a shoe with a tiramisu filling inside and the coconut nibs ice cream with maldon salt. And it's like a wow moment because when you cut it open, it's like, whoa, this cream. So I like to see people eating or I like to see people eating the pickled tomatoes that I'm doing now, which yes. is like, again, playing with your head. So just seeing the little moment when a person is putting in his mouth out, her mouth, something, and it's like, whoa yes this is what i'm looking for that is my moment of yes well done you make someone happy so you're making someone happy this is all i want like taking care of people leave them happy yes and then going at home happy yeah you're and changing is, the world one meal at a time yeah that is my superpower <laughs> i love this superpower and will do everything i can to support you yeah thank you very much <laughs> um if my followers want to follow along with you where do they find you they find me on Instagram. Is, my name is Marta Sandini. 
M A R T A S A N T I N I. I'm there, or I'm in London at the Naughty Piglet in Brixton. If you want to just come here and join Great. me, but yeah, that's it. And if you want to just leave me a message, go on. I'm just gonna reply to you. If you want a recipe, just ask. That's amazing. Or question about anything, just ask. If I'm able to provide the answer, I will. You're such a wonderful human. I'm trying to be. Like I think we need this kind of behavior. Yeah. We just need more real people. Yeah. Thanks for being real and thanks for sharing your nerd with us. This has been absolutely fantastic. We are fantastic. You are fantastic as well. Come on. We work together. Yeah, girl. So here we are. That was so fun. I am consistently in awe of the yeses I hear when I ask someone to join me here. Marta brought a huge smile to my face, lightness to my heart, and a revitalized curiosity to play with how vinegars and acids can influence foods in the kitchen. I can't wait to see Marta again in real life and for all of you to meet her too. Don't forget to follow her on Instagram either at Marta Sandini or Naughty Piglets. If you've got a flavor of nerd you want me to celebrate, I would love to hear all about it. So go ahead and email me at here we are the podcast at gmail.com and tell me everything. I love taking time to sit and make space for a nerd to be celebrated. If you really like this podcast and want to financially support what I'm doing, head on over to patreon.com, search for Here We Are the Podcast, and sign up for one of the many beautifully written support tiers that I'm very proud of. So until next time, don't forget that curiosity wins and the world needs more nerds. Bye.